0: Thank you. Not triple trio. You said eight, eight, Uh, quadruple duos uh, to our. our. Thank you for opening up worship for us today, and thank you, Bill. That is one of my biggest nightmares, uh, that, that reoccurring of just not being there for something or not showing up or being late. I don't know. If, did you have those kind of nightmares where you're, you're not where you're supposed to be? Uh, it's one of my deathly fears of, of missing a funeral or a wedding, like where I just space it off that day, and, and that's just a fear. I have to be an hour early somewhere or I think I'm late. Yes, my wife goes the other way, so we average out in a lot of these things. Uh, uh, the one, the one wedding I was almost late for, I always, this has nothing to do with Sunday, but I just, uh, the one wedding I was almost out of 25 years, um, uh, I always, I always confirm with, uh, with the bride and groom a week before, like that week, like this is what I have, time, day, place, uh, just to make sure we're all on the same page. And I confirmed it, great. And I'm out there mowing my lawn on a, on a Saturday afternoon, I have I got an hour, hour and a half before I have to be there, and it's just down the street. So I was just mowing. My phone goes off, and uh, luckily I have my phone because I'm listening to tunes. And and uh, hey, uh, where are you? We're all lined up. Whoa, I got four o'clock wedding uh, on, on on the on the books in her handwriting. She goes, no, they moved it up to three. Uh, and they just neglected to tell. So I will be right there. Go in and get to the wedding. And and like we are literally walking in as as I'm showing up. And I'm walking in, and the groom next to me, we're walking in, looks at me, and then brushes my hair because I got grass clippings. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine, and uh, we didn't have a piano player because they told the piano player eight o'clock that night. It was just, yeah. but just one of my fears and. Cast all your anxiety upon him. That at the end of the day, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. For those of us who are OCD or just anxious people, it's going to be okay. You know what? This service, it's going to be okay. Matter of fact, it's going to be better than okay because Pastor Jen is preaching today. So so uh, it's going to be a good one. Uh <laughs> We're in the middle of a Ten Commandments series, and so Jen, we put her in the middle just to clear the palette of of, of the Ten Commandments, and she's going to offer us Jesus and grace today, so that's good. Uh, just a couple of announcements. Uh, welcome to one and all. This is a place of saint and sinners and everything in between. Uh, wherever you fall on that spectrum, you are good with us here. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us, let us be glad and rejoice in it. If you're joining us online, Hi, welcome. Uh, we are blessed to have you with us. Uh, right after this service, we're going to have a short town hall meeting. I don't know what else to call it. Uh, 15, 20, 30 minutes in length, depending. We had a good crowd uh, who stayed last week. If you were here at last week's, so you don't have to stay for this one. You're welcome to, of course. But uh, we got your card, we got your information. Uh, But if if you'd like to just have a few moments after worship and just share what you like about this service and share what could change about this service so we touch your hearts and so we know how to reach other people in our community as well. Check out the back of the bulletin. Helps uh, to know what's going on. We have a few classes jumping up. Five Marks of the Methodist is coming up. Financial Peace University, we have that class coming back up. Uh, I've, I've taught Financial Peace University about eight or nine times over the years. Uh, at, at, at different churches along the way. <laughs> I love it when people from the church come to that class, but also that class is also half-filled with, with people who are, whose parents come to this church, come, come to the church. And uh, I want my kids to take this so they stop bothering us about money. Uh, so yeah, invite your kids too, if you want. 30s, 40s, wherever, wherever they are, that would be awesome. Uh, just one last uh, note. The fall bazaar, we have not had a bazaar. For several years COVID knocked it out And last year we just couldn't get it up and running But it's on the books uh, for this year November 4th Uh, 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 Margaret Pridmore is running it There's Margaret over there She has a binder already for stuff That looks pretty cool Pretty official Raise your hand if you like the bazaar Raise your hand if you uh, hope to come to the bazaar Raise your hand to volunteer at the (laughs) bazaar Margaret's finding you right now the first service, I tricked them, and we got volunteers out of that. it. Was, it was good. Uh, and we got some bizarre people sitting around us today, so let's, <laughs> let's take a moment, greet those around us in Christian love, and then remain standing for the opening hymns.
1: the high To say Jesus died for me. Yes, he died.
0: or behind you or if they're alone or whoever however it works can you just turn to them and say Jesus loves you (laughs) and please be seated
2: unless you are a kid if you are grade five or younger this is the time of the service that is designed especially for you so come on down Hello, guys. How are you doing today? Good. I'm so happy to see you. I'm going to tell you a little story. Once upon a time in a land far, far away. It was a land flowing with soybean fields and cornfields. You're like, what's that? A place that they called Indiana. Yeah, there's a place called Indiana. And you see, this little girl was born in Indiana, and she, she lived in Indiana up until about the age of six or so. And she loved going to Sunday school with her grandma. Just absolutely loved it. And one thing that they did was they made these bracelets. And you see, this little girl had a bracelet, and she loved this bracelet. She wore it everywhere she went. Do you know why she loved the bracelet so much? Yeah, it reminded her of God. It reminded her that Jesus loves her. And if you notice, there's colored beads on here. Now, each bead represented something for her. The black bead represented her And it just reminded her of all the times that sometimes we're human and we mess up. We all mess up from time to time. But the red bead reminded her of Jesus and reminded her that Jesus loved her. The white bead reminded her of when she walked with Jesus and loved Jesus, then she could have a good life the blue represented her baptism that she did when she was a little, bit, a little tiny baby. And then the green represented the growth that she had as she continued to go to church and learn more about Jesus. And then the, the yellow bead represented heaven and the eternity that she would spend with God. Do you know in the Bible, there's a very popular Bible verse called John 3.16. Have you heard it before? it goes like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever should believe in him will not die, but have eternal life in heaven. And so this little girl wore this bracelet and loved this bracelet and grew in her love of Jesus because it reminded her that Jesus loved her and she loved Jesus. And that, as you grow up, becomes part of what we call discipleship. And that's where we continue to learn and grow and understand Jesus more and more in our faith. So let's pray today. Gracious God, thank you for these little ones, and thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you will continue to hold them in your hands and guide them in your love, and may they be the light in this world. In your son Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, I think you got Sunday school today. So, Miss Cassie, go follow Miss Cassie right back there. Thanks, guys.
0: I am happy that the floor is carpeted. (laughs) Church I grew up in had wood floors, and man, we scraped ourselves. Uh, Let us... Let us come together in prayer. O Lord, our our Lord. As we come into this space, whether rejoicing and, and and shouting and singing or or whether we're weeping and doubting, by your spirit, give us the eyes to see and to just just take this moment in with you. You are a stronghold for the oppressed. You are a You are a rock for those in times of trouble and those who know your name, put their trust in you. And O Lord, you have not forsaken those who seek you. Holy Spirit, this morning, we pray that you fill us with joy that only you can give work within each of us to, to redefine our lives so that we may live them abundantly in the sure and certain knowledge that Jesus has conquered death and now prepares rooms for each of us. Lord, today we pray for those who are ill, hospitalized, recovering from surgery, for the single parent trying to show the wisdom of of life to their children. We ask that you fortify the, the sobriety of those who suffer from addictions. We ask that you give wisdom to our To our local, state, and national leaders, and replace ambition with with concern for all the people. We pray for those whose lives are engulfed in war, for those recovering from gun violence. We pray for nations trying to survive. Lord, we pray for the hungry, the lonely, and the lost. And now, gracious, holy three, we pray the prayer that Jesus taught his beloved as we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Jamie, I invite you to come on up and read our scripture today. Gospel of Matthew.
3: Today's scripture reading will come from Matthew chapter 16, 16, verses 13 through 20. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, Who do you say I am? heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. May God bless this reading. Thank you.
2: Good morning, church. Pastor Mike mentioned that we're going to pause with the current sermon series, take a little break today. We're going to talk about Jesus. I hope that's okay. So in the scripture reading that was shared this morning, there is this question that Jesus asked, who do you say I am? A few months back during one of my seminary classes, we discussed this question at great length when our professor asked, who was Jesus And who is Jesus today? When I say that we discussed it at great length, I mean we really delved into it and talked for a very, very long time. So much so that we carried on the conversation the next session, and it kind of was a a thread that was interwoven through the entire course because we kept going back to this, Who do you say I am? We had a wonderful dialogue. And since it continued and since it was so long, I'm just going to sum it up for you this morning, briefly. (laughs) Some, it went something like this Some say he was the sage, that is, a teacher of great wisdom, a rabbi. Some say that he was a prophet like the major and minor prophets in the Old Testament. Some say he was a good man. And the documentation of his life offers a glimpse of history, of what it was like in the first century Palestine. Others view him as a political figure and a rebel, a leader that started a nonviolent fringe movement of Judaism that promoted justice, peace, and love. Over time, the conversation eventually turned into a discussion about our Christian belief in the triune God, that is the Trinity, God as Father, God as Son, as in Jesus, and God as the Holy Spirit, three in one. Jesus is God incarnate, and the beginning of the Gospel of John describes it well. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then it goes on to say that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, that we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, Who came from the Father, full of
4: grace and truth?
2: Who do you say I am? As followers of Jesus, you know, I believe this is something that we must answer for ourselves. And to be honest, I think I've wrestled with this question as I've grown in my faith during my personal walk with God. It began in my formative years. I remember quite well kneeling with my grandma when I was about four years old. And I asked Jesus to live in my heart, to be my personal Lord and Savior. I remember that like it was yesterday. Maybe you have a memory like that as well. Or maybe your testimony doesn't involve a specific event, but has gradually developed over time. When I was a child, I had the faith of a child. I fully embraced my grandparents' faith, but I had not yet even begun to develop my own. You see, spiritual formation calls us into relationship. And as we all know, relationships take time, take discipline and intention. And, and in reality, this is a lifelong walk. At the start of my journey, I had a beaded salvation bracelet that I wore. And in case you were wondering, the little girl in the story that I shared with the kids was me. Each colored bead represented a step towards salvation. And when I think back to the beginning, when I think back, sometimes it feels like I've been walking a really long time. And then at other times, I feel like I've
4: only just begun.
2: You ever feel that way? I thought about the bracelet this week as we moved our son into his dorm room, about how we had led him to this point and now he was stepping out on his own path, a new beginning. And let me tell you, this was last Monday. Do you remember what happened last Monday? It rained. Like, it rained a lot. And uh, as typical of me, I wore the wrong shoes. I lovingly refer to them as my Jesus sandals, and I have them on today to share. And by the way, this is the story of my life. Um, I always wear the wrong shoes. So I'm fairly certain that my tombstone will read something like, she wore the wrong shoes. But I hope it also includes something like, but she had a lot of soul. (laughs) We don't have a. (laughs) But at one point during this move in when it was raining and my feet were so muddy, you know, I looked down and I thought about Jesus's feet. And I thought about all the miles he walked with his disciples. And I thought about how he prepared them to step out on their own paths to continue the work that he had started. You know, I believe our scripture lesson today tells us of one of these journeys with his disciples as he was preparing them for the work to come. You see, tension had been building between Jesus and the religious leaders of the day. There were crowds of people that that seemed to appear wherever Jesus went, and they followed him. There were rumors circulating about him, questions about who he was and what he represented. The Pharisees and Sadducees had tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. I can't help but with all the pressure from the religious leaders of the day and the crowds that Jesus probably just wanted to get away. He probably wanted to get away with his disciples, maybe take a breather, a rest, and just spend some time with them to help prepare them for what was, com- what was coming. You see, Jesus knew what was on the horizon. He knew the struggles that his disciples would be facing. So he and his disciples journeyed to the region of Caesarea Philippi. And you may think, what's the big deal about that place? Why is Caesarea Philippi? What's the big deal? Well, if you look in the Old Testament, this region was known for the worship of Baal, which was the god of fertility. And then later in this area, the Greeks worshiped Pan, which was the god of nature. It is said that the nearby cave was actually the birthplace of Pan, and it held the gates of the underworld. Isn't it interesting that Jesus chose this location out of all the places they could go? Jesus chose this place. Near the shrines to dead gods, he stood as if foreshadowing and symbolizing that he would overcome death itself. And it was in this place he asked, Who do you say I am? Now today, as Christians, as as followers of Jesus, we are his disciples. And I, I believe that this is something that that we must decide for ourselves. We may begin to walk with Christ, guided by the faith of another. For me, it was my grandparents.
4: But in time, our faith
2: must become our own. And I think this story in Matthew illustrates this through Peter's walk of faith. You see, Peter had been traveling with Jesus for three years. He had walked with him, lived with him. They broke bread together. He listened to his words and took in everything that he had witnessed for himself. And so it was Peter who responded, You are the Messiah, son of the living God. And scripture says that God revealed this truth to Peter. And friends, I believe that God continues to reveal God's truth today. Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church. Now, Simon, who was then called Peter, which means rock, um. I think he represents that that firm foundation. And I believe that Jesus, when he said this, was referring to faith. That on faith, like Peter's, I will build my church. Now friends, this gives me hope. And let me explain a little bit why. Because the gospels reveal that Peter's faith wasn't perfect. In the Gospel of John, we learn that later on, he denied Jesus three times. But here's the good news. By the grace of Jesus, Peter was publicly restored. And goodness knows, my faith isn't perfect. But it's humbling to know that it's by God's grace through faith that we are restored as well. Who do you say Jesus is? What do you think? That's up to each of us to decide as we grow in relationship with God and others and as we follow our own unique path of discipleship. In my life, I've heard Jesus described as the Good Shepherd, as the Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace,
4: Light of the World, The way, the truth, the life.
2: I like to think of him as friend and confidant. And the more I learn about Jesus, the more I love him. The Jesus I know was moved by compassion, mercy, and grace. He fed the masses, he healed the sick, he restored the sight and made the lame walk. The Jesus I know even flipped a few tables and washed a few feet. He walked at the margins of life and made those invisible visible. Those that hungered and thirst were filled. And he calmed the storm. He is the sage. A teacher, a great wisdom, a rabbi. A prophet, like the major and minor prophets of the Old Testament. A good man. A political figure, a rebel. A leader that started a non-violent fringe movement that promoted justice, peace, and love. He's also described as the God incarnate, part of the triune God, three and one. And as Peter proclaimed the Messiah, the Son of the Living God. Is Jesus all of these things?
4: I say yes. And I also believe that he is the stranger,
2: the sick, the hungry, the thirsty the prisoner, and all those in need. And here's a little secret, friends. We're all in need at times. For whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. You see, Jesus revealed a new understanding of the way of love, and our love that we have for Jesus then is a reflection of how we love one another. This past week, I looked down, as we were moving my son into his dorm, you know, I looked down at my muddy feet and I thought about Jesus' muddy feet and all the miles he walked with his disciples and how he prepared them to step out on their own paths to continue the work that he had started So just as Jesus prepared his disciples, as you grow in relationship with God, God prepares us today. God prepares us for the path of discipleship. I thought about the journey of becoming a disciple and following the way of love and how each of us must decide who Jesus was and is in our lives today.
4: And so I ask you, who do you say? And the family of God said, amen.
0: As we come to the offering, a word of thanks to those who faithfully participate in the giving to this church. You make this place happen and its ministries come alive. Real quick, does anyone here have any projects at home that you're working on? Projects that you should be working on? Projects that you've put off for a long time? If, if my family would ask me, uh, if I'd ask my family, who do you say that I am? If I'd ask my family that, who do you say that I am? They would say, you're the person whose projects take three times longer than you say they're going to take and cost three times as more than you initially thought, uh, the reason I bring it up right now is I just want to say thank you to a project that's been uh, in the making for quite some time here at the Warm Heart Church. Our Family Life Center, just across the way here, if you ever get a chance to go in, it looks different than it did just a year ago. We started a remodeling project back in January, and we thought, it'll be done by Easter. wasn't done by Easter. It'll be done by the end of summer. And friends, this past week, we finally got uh, the speakers put up on, on uh, the, uh, the far side of the wall, and we got a stage to put in, uh, but we are at a point where we can say thank you uh, to our donors who made that happen. It came in under budget, by the way, longer than we thought, but under budget, or right at budget. Uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate all the people who helped uh, put that together uh, over all these months. I just wanted to publicly say, sometime in a worship service, thank you. We can now say that project is done. Uh, let's take the offering and, and celebrate the ministries of our church. Let's stand for our closing song, Because of Your... time. If you're sticking around for the little town, town hall we're having, we're going to meet right down here in these pews. Bring a pencil, bring a pen. We don't have enough in these pews, so bring them wherever you are. Uh, there's, we'll have something to fill out. But to everyone else, may the God that brought us together today go with you now and forevermore, that as we celebrate, celebrate this, this uh, the Jesus in our hearts, Jesus in our minds, Jesus in our life. May God's love go with you all. Amen.